0: Our reading today um, from god's word is colossians chapter 3 verses 22 to chapter 4 verse 6 um, and that's on page 1184 in the uh, purple bibles so colossians 3 uh, starting at 22 slaves obey your earthly masters in everything And do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, And there is no favoritism masters provide your slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful and pray for us too that god may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of christ for which i am in chains pray that i may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone.
1: Hi, well, it's great to see you here. Uh, my name is Jeremy. If we haven't already met, and uh, welcome to Trinity. Do keep that part of the Bible open on page 1184. We're going to be looking at that and some other parts of the Bible as well as we think about our attitude towards our our work as Christian people. We're going to be um, thinking about what it means to get involved in our careers or maybe if you're unemployed or maybe if you're involved in childcare, uh, whatever it is you're involved in. How can we do that as Christians? And we're going to pray to God as we think about this together and if you'd like to then Do join with me as I pray. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that your word is a true word. It's a complete word. And it's a word that was given to us so that we could learn Christ. And and so I pray, Father, that we would pay attention to your word this afternoon as to a light shining in a dark place. And so we would be changed by your voice speaking into our lives. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, perhaps you've come across this book, uh, which is going to appear on the screen, um, Don't Waste Your Life. Anyone here read that? Uh, it's, a, it's a sort of classic of the Christian uh, uh, library. It's written by John Piper. I used to, we used to go away uh, camping. We still do sometimes, Justin and I. And it was what I used to read to him by torchlight uh, before we went to sleep in the evening, don't waste your life. It's a sort of passionate call to use the whole of your life for the sake of the gospel. Great beg. But what if you feel like you are, in, in effect, wasting a large proportion of your life by spending it in secular work? Maybe you feel like that. For lots of us, half of our lives are spent in, in the workplace, half our lives. Over the course of a lifetime, that's 90,000 hours. Um, of our lives and 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 you don't need to be in full-time employment to resent the time that you seem to have to commit to those sort of things maybe you're looking after kids uh, maybe you're in voluntary work maybe you're searching for a job maybe you're retired but you're busier than you ever have been and the question is am i wasting my life that's that's the question i mean you might think to yourself it's fine for john piper um, he's the pastor of Bethlehem Baptist Church. He's got, you know, he's got a lot of time on his hands um, to serve God. Uh, maybe thinking think it's okay for him, but I still have to um, go to the workplace, the office, the school, the hospital ward. And then, well, perhaps you're thinking, well, maybe it would be okay if I was a doctor or a nurse. Then at least I'd be looking after people. That would be a sort of positive way to, to use my life. But, um, but what about me? Am I just wasting my life looking at... Excel spreadsheets. Um, what, what is this so-called secular work that I'm involved in? Is it really worthwhile? Well, if that's what you're wondering, then this part of Colossians is very liberating. I think uh, we're just taking a week out of our uh, regular preaching here at Trinity to think about this question of the gospel and the and the day jobs that we might have, and we're going to be thinking about it under two headings. Uh, You'll see them up on the screen. The first one's this. A new way to see your work. A new way to see your work. That's their new motivation, I hope, for the work that you do. So have a look down at uh, Colossians chapter 3. If you've let it close on page 1184. And uh, we're starting where Dawn started reading at chapter 3, verse 22. You'll notice, first of all, that it mentions slaves. Um, we may feel a, bit, a little bit uncomfortable about that. Um, although slavery in the first century was w- was nothing like really the race-based slavery that um, that was based on the slave trade uh, that was taking place, particularly in America in the nineteenth century. It's a very sort of different idea. Slaves in Colossae would have often been released after seven years, certainly by the age of thirty. They may be paid a small wage. Uh, they fulfilled some roles in society that we would think of now as professional roles. But it is worth saying just as we begin that Paul isn't endorsing slavery here. He's not saying um, that it's a good thing. He's, he, he says neither that it's good or bad. Uh, and that, that the sort of existence of slavery is not really what Paul is talking about at the moment. He's not addressing that. Although, if you look across to chapter three, verse eleven, he's already said that slave and free are are equal in jesus christ and so in a way he he's already begun undermining the 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 very idea of slavery Uh, it's a tragedy of course that the church took so many years to realize the full implications of that but you know what else is uh, remarkable about this part of the bible uh we we find out from from chapter four that this letter of colossians has been taken to the to the colossian church by a returning slave called Onesimus, And we know that his previous owner, someone called Philemon, was still in the church at Colossae. The church probably met in his house. And so as this letter from Paul is read out in the Colossian church, at least one slave owner and, and slave are, are sitting side by side, listening to the words that, that Paul is speaking to them. And Paul wants to teach them how slaves and masters relate together under the supremacy and sufficiency of Christ. Normally in the first century, only slave masters were addressed. We've got some contemporary instructions, but here slaves themselves are are treated as equals in Jesus. Now that they've come to faith in him. And what did they learn about the world of work in the first century? Well, they're to see their work in a whole new way. And, and, and that is as a way to serve the Lord Christ. To serve the Lord Christ. That's what they're doing at work. If you have a look at the end of verse 22, then it is for the Lord. Can you see that end of verse 22? End of verse 23, it is for the Lord, not human masters. Or, or in verse 24, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Our work in, in, in itself is a way of serving Jesus. Uh, we, we're not just working for the weekend. You know, sort of getting the hours done, earning the money, so that we can do all the fun stuff um, between Friday night and, and Sunday night, so that we can eventually, when we've saved up enough we'll leave, we can, we can go somewhere and, and, and sort of sun ourselves. It's not, it's not just a means to an end. No, this is a way of serving Jesus. The actual hands-on, daily grind of of an accountant or a nurse, however much you might feel like a piece of furniture, however much, if you're involved in full-time child care, you might feel like a punch bag. All of that is a way of serving Jesus. Because way back in the beginning, we were created to work. That's That's what we're made for. Adam was put in the garden to take care of it and to rule over it, and that involved work. You'll see up in Genesis, Chapter two, verse 15, that's the command. He's given the garden to work it and take care of it. Now, the Garden of Eden was like a workplace and, and a, a sort of leisure park all at the same time. It was a place for Adam to work and, 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 and to enjoy good rest all at the same time. Now The, the words, in fact, for, for work and worship in the original language are very similar. It's a similar sort of idea. We saw back in Deuteronomy, do you remember that, that all of our lives are to be a sort of act of worship? Even the even the mundane things that we that we do. When we go to work, we're doing what God created us to do. And, and and it's part of how we serve him. Even even in a fallen world where, you know, the 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 bus is late and the coffee machine's broken and 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 you know other people are trying to take credit for your work and 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 your friend, you're going to lose your job in the next round of cuts. Even then, yeah. It's a way of serving Jesus Christ. In fact, work is our destiny as well. I don't know, I don't know if you knew that. The new creation is, is a lot more than floating around on fluffy clothes in white clouds. Um, it's where work will be maximally satisfying. It'll be so good. This is what Isaiah 65:22 says of the new creation. Uh, God says, my chosen ones will, enjoy, will long enjoy the work of their hands. Th- there will be a time when your work doesn't just crumble. But in the meantime, you see, work is a way that we serve the Lord Christ. As long as it's not illegal or immoral. So the, the, the Bible um, only gives one piece of advice, really, about career options Um, if you're looking for careers advice from the bible then this i think is pretty much the only careers advice that it gives certainly in a direct way Um, ephesians chapter four anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer that's the that's the advice you might want to move on if you're a thief and try and find something else to do other than what's illegal or immoral serve the lord christ in what you do Because in in the context of Colossians, that is an immense privilege. Immense privilege. To to write next to your to do list, I don't know if you've got one of those on your phone or or on your desk, write F T L for the Lord. That is an incredible privilege to work work in that way. According to Colossians, Jesus is the firstborn over all creation, the one in whom all things were made. That's the Lord Christ that you're serving. Uh, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or rulers or powers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. That's the Lord Christ that you're serving. That's him. Uh, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. That's the Lord Christ that you're serving in the day-to-day. Going to work as a Christian then, is authentic biblical spirituality. And that's the radical new way to see work. Um, J.C. Ryle was a, a famous Christian, writer of the 19th century, and he said this in his book called Holiness. This is what he wrote. It is not the man, by which he means the man or woman, it is not the man who hides himself in a cave, but the man who glorifies God as master or servant, parent or child in the family, in the street, in business and in trade, who is the biblical type of the sanctified man. Now, he's using long words, but he's saying this is the way that Christians serve their God by living ordinary lives. That's the new way to see work, God in the nine to five. It's so liberating because, well, there are are lots of implications. It means that you don't need to feel guilty for not going into paid Christian work. It's important to say that you know god's intention is not that everyone should resign from secular work and work for a church you see can you imagine if we all worked for the church um, there, there'd, there'd be a problem there wouldn't there uh, for, now for a few people that might be the right thing to do now one timothy three is the guy there we um we read that out earlier on if if that's what you want to do and, and, and you're able to teach and if you're living a basically godly lifestyle then do think about it come and chat with me if you think that's, that might be the right way forward for you but for the huge majority of Christians we're called to serve God right where we are right where we are you know if, if you knew that Jesus was coming back next month and we wouldn't need to sort of jack in our jobs and, and do something more worthwhile there isn't this huge chasm this massive gap between sort of um, our secular work and the stuff we do on a Tuesday night and a, and a Sunday afternoon. You know, whether it's making the tea or teaching the teens. Yeah. Uh, we, we can serve Jesus, this, this supreme and sufficient Jesus. We can serve him by doing the jobs we're in. But it may well um, change the way we do our work. And that's the second point this afternoon, not just a new way to see your work, but a new way to do your work. And the internet is full of um, ways to impress at work. I don't know whether you've read one of those checklists, uh, ways to impress your boss at work. Um, Number one on one list that I read, have great hair. I think, you know, we can achieve that naturally. Secondly, you know, dish out the compliments. Say to your boss, that's a a great suit you're wearing. Um, Where did you get it from? Um, Thirdly, leave a piece of clothing on your office chair to give the impression that you're still at work even when you aren't. You know, these these are all the sort of ways that people try try and get ahead, try and get promotion, try and get noticed, try and climb the ladder. But a Christian, Christian is asking a different question, not how do I improve my prospects, but how do I serve the Lord? That's a different question to ask. And the answers are going to be different. And let me give you five, very briefly, uh, five answers to, to the question of how you serve the Lord that come out of this part of colossians very briefly notice that some of them are are, are addressed to slaves there's no exact match for the slave in our culture but i guess there's some overlap with those who are trapped in low-paid jobs Um, some are addressed more to masters i know there's some here who are quite senior in their companies or you know are are in a sort of management position um, or who are bosses over other people but many of these things we're going to be looking at are just sort of Addressed ordinary believers, they're they're just part of Christian discipleship, as it sort of bleeds into our work lives, this is what it's going to look like. Let me give you five of them briefly to think about this week. First of all, work obediently. Um, I've taken that from chapter 3, verse 22, slaves obey your earthly masters in everything you know naturally because of our because of our sinfulness which means a sort of um, selfish self-centeredness and a turning away from god we, we're very hostile to authority we're very hostile we want to do what we want to do we don't like obeying other people the bible says do what your boss tells you to do um, you know sometimes it's easy as a christian to think that your allegiance to your boss is downgraded because of your allegiance to god But Colossians is teaching the opposite, isn't it? It's it's upgraded. And um, that's quite a challenge if your boss isn't the best in the world. Um, But it's not to be a sort of grudging obedience, not a sort of mocking obedience. It's, um, you know, as as far as you can as a Christian, be known at work for doing what you're asked to do. Work obediently and, and, and work consistently. Verse 22, Um, it's some computer game, so um, I've been told. Um, Have a a kill switch so that um, when you see your boss coming, the game completely disappears from your computer screen um, in an instant. Um, That's what I'm told. Verse 22, don't just work when your boss's eye is on you, literally serving their eyes. That's what it says. Um, work as if your boss is standing right next to you because in actually your your, your big boss jesus christ is standing right next to you he's, he's inside of you by his spirit um, it's the lord christ you're serving so what what evidence is there in your workplace that you're a christian maybe it's it's that you don't slacken off when when your boss is on holiday or if you're a cleaner you don't just clean the bits of the room that you think people will notice Work consistently. And, and then thirdly, work patiently. Verses 24 and 25. Verse 24 says that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. And then verse 25. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs, you see. They're the, the other side of the coin. And so for a Christian, it's not about the end of the month. It's It's about it's about the end of your life. And, and we may need to wait for that payday very patiently. Um, you know, it, it is right as a Christian to speak out about injustice in, in the workplace. God is a God who believes in injustice. The Bible is very clear about how exploitation is a serious evil in God's world. It's a terrible evil. It may may even be right to go on strike in some cases, I think. But sometimes those efforts will fail you and you'll meet a brick wall. And and there's no need, if you're a Christian, for that to lead to bitterness. There's no need for that. You can be patient. Payday is coming. Um, And bosses, do remember, chapter 4, verse 1, that um, you've got an appraisal on the way. Uh, You're going to be held to account. Remember that. But the promise is that for every faithful person, they'll receive not not just a wage, but an inheritance. Not just what you deserve, but far more than you deserve. An inheritance is something in earthly terms that slaves in the Roman Empire were not allowed to receive. But they will receive an inheritance from the Lord. Patiently wait for that day. And then work um, prayerfully. Can you see that? Chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. Work prayerfully. Devote yourselves to prayer. Being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too. That God may open a door for our message. So that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. For which I am in chains. We can devote ourselves to prayer for our work. Maybe that's a part of your life that often gets left off your prayer list. Do you notice this? Um, Paul's in prison, but he doesn't pray for the prison doors to open. He prays for a gospel door to open. That's what he's praying for. Please pray for that. Pray for gospel doors to open in your workplace. Um, But do depend on the Lord for that. I I know that there are some people who'd rather kick down the door. Um, Some people who sort of corner you in your office and ask you if you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. And it's all quite—it's um, all quite terrifying. There's a name for that: evangelism. Uh, it can be—it can be quite unhelpful. Um, but it's equally easy to see the the office or or the ward or the classroom or the or the toddler group as totally off limits for Christian witness. And um, Paul says, pray for doors to open. Pray for opportunities to, you know, to drop the J bomb. You know, to talk. A- about the name of Jesus, if you can. Um, I'm just going to leave um, 20 or 30 seconds at the end of this talk just for us to pray for doors to open in our workplace, whatever that might look like for you. Um, pray that the mystery of Christ will be communicated. Have some prepared answers ready. I think sometimes it's worth sort of writing a... a, a if, if you're anything like me, then people ask you a question in the workplace and then um, and, and, and you can't think of what to say at the time and then you get home and you think, I know, I know what I should have said. Um, have some prepared answers ready. There, there, there'll be some questions that'll probably come your way. You know, things like, uh, what do you do at the weekend? Why don't you swear? Why are you such a nice person? You know, I, I don't often get that question, but you might. sometimes they come at the strangest times I used to work night shifts sometimes and there was a guy called Patchy, uh, he was a, a junior doctor who worked with me, really lovely guy, um, I'm not that good at 4 o'clock in the morning that would be the time that he would ask me why I was a Christian well I answered bleary eyes I was working with a consultant called Mr. Copeland we were doing a particularly sort of gory operation and Halfway through, he asked me what Isaiah 53 was about. Um, it comes at the strangest times, you know, but pray for those doors to open. Have an idea of the lunchtime services that take place near your work if you're working in central London. You can uh, check out gospelatwork.org.uk. It's got a number of lunchtime services that you can invite your friends along to if you get a lunch break. Pray, ask your small group to Pray. Ask your friends and family to pray for doors to open. And finally, work graciously. Work graciously. Verse 6. I think this is the hardest one. (laughs) What's the hardest command? Verse 6. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Literally. Um, it, it means for each person individually, it takes her a wisdom, doesn't it? To answer each person individually, always full of grace, full of God's grace, amazed at how kindly God has treated you, feeling like the luckiest person on earth. And, and, and so full of graciousness to other people, no backbiting, no blame, treating each person as an individual, being more understanding of each person, strictly speaking, than they deserve. Today isn't it? consistently maybe you're thinking my life my work life is just so far away from this I don't know where to even begin well the, the past is forgiven for you if you're a Christian every day is a new opportunity God's grace is available baby steps write FTL for the Lord next to your to do list and see what God does pray and plan Maybe you're thinking, I, I just can't work any harder than I am already. You know, I'm already exhausted. Um, I, I, I don't think the point of Colossians is to increase our workload. It's to change our motivation, to, to change our reason for working, to know that Jesus is our boss and so to do what we can for him. Maybe you're thinking, you have no idea how boring my job is. Um, Maybe not. I know it can be incredibly hard to keep going with the nappy changes or to do a night shift as a security guard or to just search endlessly through jobs pages. Um, But there's nothing boring about Jesus Christ. And he's, he's he's the supreme and sufficient son. He's the firstborn over all creation. And one day we will fully enjoy the work of our hands in his presence. And even now we're not wasting our lives. As we work for Him. Now, I I wouldn't be at all surprised if if you've got questions. Um, uh, what if you really hate your job? Um, what if you're a workaholic? What about modern slavery? There are all kinds of questions you might have. Um, if you want to ask them um, tonight, then in about 20 minutes, at about 10 to 6, uh, we're all going upstairs for some coffee, and I'll be sitting at the table just as you go in. Um, if you want to join me there and ask me some questions informally, uh, then I'd love to search the Bible with you. Uh, But in the meantime, shall we pray? Let's pray. Just as we begin, let me leave just 10 or 20 seconds for us to each pray for open doors in our workplace. Let's pray now. Thank you that you created us to work. Thank you that one day our work will be perfectly satisfying. Thank you that in the meantime we can serve the Lord Christ, the supreme and sufficient Son. So I pray, Father, that you would teach us to work obediently, consistently, patiently, prayerfully, graciously. I pray, Father, the gospel will be our chooser as we go into work. Each day, please work through us and open doors for your glory. And we ask these things in your name. Amen.